This is an interactive, which means you have to do something. <laughs> Otherwise, it don't happen. <laughs> um, but it's not always the case. The one has a particular question, but one might have a kind of comment or a line of thought. So you're going to put it out there or a bit of experience this is what happens to me with this so I notice this you know anything so it's it's a sort of exchange you could say of, um, you know in terms of what satsang as the phrase is used sat truth sung gathering together gathering together in truth talk about how experience that we have within this experience that we're having at any time that's always truth unfolding in a particular way that can often be seen more clearly if one unfolds it and carefully picks through it. Um, and that's what satsang is about, dialogue, you could say. Uh, specifically, I'm very happy you joined us because this summer I was reading your pilgrimage book. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was in a place like that was very worldly and difficult, like challenging. Um, to apply like a spiritual outlook to it, and so it's particularly helpful for me, and so I'm very grateful for that. But I had a question tied to that, which is um, in that kind of environment, which is like challenging lots of people around like um, action. Mm -hmm. You have a specific kind of, like you could say, like spiritual progress, but in um, in a retreat situation which is much more seclusion you have a different kind or like you're working on different things so I was wondering if you could speak to that like what what is a strong way to direct yourselves in a seclusion environment mm. yeah well um, what makes something spiritual and not spiritual you to pay attention to it. You pay attention to it. <laughs> you uh, have particular inclination to what's this doing to me? Not what, what can I do to it? <laughs> How can I make it this way? But what's this doing to me? So we take things and we touch, get in, into what I call a chitta. It means your heart, your awareness, your center. How's this touching me? Uh, so that is spiritual you could say so in that instant in that reference more or less anything can be spiritual you know if it means this is kind of what we're at least I'm suggesting or think is very much the forest um, movement's understanding is that you know we take experience as our teacher you know how is this touching me naturally you do have to get the kind of basis down of what's mindfulness, what's patience, what's attention, what's awareness, you know, how do I train myself in those exercises, just like how do I get these things working, and now I've got them working, now here's the, here's the stuff bam, you know this is the kitchen, whoa you know, this is the, <laughs> this is the meditation, you know this is this piece about my sister, whoa hot one, you know this is the piece about, yeah? And really then we're kind of using experience that happens in a quote-unquote spiritual way in that rather than 
uh, well this shouldn't be here this is not online with what I'm, what my, what I'm about uh, this isn't allowed <laughs> this isn't we just say this is what's happening uh-huh. okay how is this touching me can I, can I be with this can I open to this uh, yeah maybe I can't be with it therefore okay well you know push to one side something but uh, that, that's what makes it spiritual now because uh, we live our experience comes in layers you might say you know one is this layer of the sense senses we see things we hear things that's a particular way experience comes to us right but not everything we see touches us like these chairs have no, I've no issue with them I can see them but then nothing happens just chairs people you know so it gets going you know my teacher or my friend or my Oh yeah, a little more gets going. So yeah, there's a layer of sensual experience, which is just basically sense data. But there's also beneath that what we need to reveal beneath the sensory world is which of the what's really could say psychologically or emotionally touching me. Then we come into the another layer, which is the layer of karma, you could say, or what we're affected by. And so to do that you really uh, you use a particular questioning process or very simple question uh, what's the meaning of this what's really this hypothesis of what's really happening here you know I see this person you know a guy driving a truck or a Buddhist monk you know it's visual experience oh. Uh, inspired or frightened or happy or glad or comforted and that's the that's what's happening yeah something striking so you start to you know filter and and process things in that way Mm. so that can happen whether you're walking down the street or whether you're sitting meditating in meditation you can have a whole series of thoughts or images and what's really happening here beneath just the level of sense contact which is in case of the mind the sense contact comes as thought uh, and images pictures images memories and then what's really what's this about so then this is about Hmm. difficult feeling difficult feeling, what's that? unpleasant feeling, what's that? hold, bear with that and begin then as you hold with the feeling bear with that in mind you begin to notice the activation which is resentment jealous uh, frightened Ah, there's that now, where's that? now I've got the thing I need to work with yeah. see what I mean and because essentially what is, when we talk about liberation liberation is from sankara sankara is the activations or mental programs or karmic karmic tendencies if you come free of those then a lot of mental feeling is resolved it's no longer 
gets me going. Therefore, it's all fine. Okay. Yeah. So often, what happens is we don't want the feeling, feeling unpleasant. We don't want that feeling. We don't want that feeling. Stop the feeling. Wrong strategy. <laughs> it doesn't. You can't stop feeling. Stop the cause of the feeling, which is perception and activation. So you want to get to the meaning, what's going on. So you can do that. Uh, that's that's the um, possibility one works on. You know. Does it look like analysis sometimes? Huh? Does it look like analysis sometimes? And does it look like tuning into your body at other times? An elephant. Analysis? Analysis. I thought you said an elephant. Look like an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it looks like an elephant. <laughs> yeah, except it's 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 slightly not as in, not to not as intellectual as the word analysis might seem. It's more like this is what um, you know, sampajanya and all these quality vichara. It's handling something, getting the felt meaning, the felt sense of it. Yeah. The felt sense, I think, is, is a nice, nicer word, nice term, because it gives you the sense of this isn't literally true, this is what it feels like. <laughs> and that's, yeah, that's what it feels like. But to say it's actually literally true, no, it's it's personally true at the at this particular moment. That's the felt sense, and it feels heavy, oppressive, or bubbly, or joyful, or slippery, or yeah, you know, and that that's really what's happening. Yeah. If if what you're handling is really positive, like joyful, then do you have? the same motivation to handle it than you would for something that is a negative, tense one? Yeah. Because joy isn't always wholesome. (laughs) Wouldn't that be seeing the the negative in it? If you were to to have a a joy state or association that you're looking at, but that you'd see that unwholesome would mean to see that there isn't that negative part in it to go to the negative. Like, isn't that what unwholesome means? That there's some harm being caused? Joy can be associated with getting what you want. Um, triumph, triumphant joy. For a moment, I finally got even on that. You know, that doesn't mean it's wholesome, but the the surge of of gratification. So it's you know, so all things are worthy of. Um, how is this? What does it do? How do you know what's wholesome or not? What's useful or not? Does it lead to? So, you know, just a lot of this is just, you know, trial and error. The mind is, you're going through so many fluctuations of mind states in a day, and you start to get track on a few of the habitual ones. You know, 
because you can't track it all, but you can track a few of the the ones I see this one coming again. When I see this person, this one comes again. You know, what's what's how is that? What's happening here? You know, not it's not wrong, it's just something to be understood here. This could be the feeling of the experience of feeling comfortable, fine, wonderful. Feeling this makes me somehow feel more inspired to practice or gives me a greater sense of understanding. So these aren't these aren't um, fault finding or problem solving, they're just uh, providing them with a more secure foothold on uh, orientation orientation where you go where you feel this one I keep coming to that and it seems steadily quite reliable I'll give this a little more this one it's a bit wobbly I'll be cautious with that this one poof no felt good at the beginning and just went completely out what happened I just got frazzled excited led nowhere useful okay good yeah. Doesn't mean it's evil. It just means, yeah, not, 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 not useful. So I think well, often we get a pretty reasonable idea of what is directly leading me into deeply unskillful states. But rather, a lot of it is just could be, but doesn't go anywhere useful. Yeah, uh, because the mind has so many possibilities. Uh, there's no seems to be no limit to the possibilities that the mind can conjure. <laughs> so you just want to say, well, let's do some editing here, because <laughs> you know you don't want to be stuck in this thing forever. <laughs> so no, that's all right, but no, it's not. I just go kind of and then fade out. Useless. Not really any good right now. This one definitely something that leads to understanding oh no that's useful yeah. it didn't even feel that good at first but it led to understanding that's useful yeah. so so that's the purpose of what you're calling analysis or vimanksa vimanksa on the four bases of success Chanda, get interested, get motivated. Something to be learned here. Get into it. Don't, you know, get into it. Energy, put some juice, put some energy, back it up. Chitta, take it into your awareness. Vimanksa, what's the real meaning of this? What's this really about? So the different ways in which this process is is uh, mapped out, but that's what makes it spiritual. Is don't let things just don't just glide or slide. Take hold of something. What's this about? Take it to awareness. How is this? That's okay. Don't. Yeah. So you you can always. Because you're really aiming to learn, to understand something. 
to understand what makes our, your citta, your heart, your mind more steady, more grounded, more capable, more fit. It doesn't just burn it up with useless stuff, but more fit, more competent, more capable. And also, by seeing this, there's, there's the possibility for release. Mm. And that's, that's necessary. I just notice what happens in my own, own mind, more or less, by its through practice, this sort of things just goes, don't bother giving any attention to that. It's just not going anywhere that I can make use of. <laughs> just, you know, there's so much stuff going on. And uh, some of it's quite got a little spark of interest in it. I think everyone needs to do that. Because it's we are in overload in terms of um, you know information, stimulation, opinion, view, possibilities, alternatives, options. We're in a total overload, and the whole kind of uh, myth of the culture is oh more more is better, more choices, more options, more things, more pieces of information better for you, more. <laughs> And say, no, no, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily, because we're not looking at uh, content. A certain amount of content is useful, but we're not even at the end of the end of the process. It's not really about content at all. It's about the space that the content sits within, <laughs> and that's of course what. Well, if you say if, if worldliness is anything, it's a fascination with content and loss of space, loss of context. Well, what's really the real hereness of here is what? It's not just the sights, the sounds, there's another quality which is just the space of the mind. Now, the worldly direction is all more content, fill it all up. If anything, if spiritual, whatever that means but my name is just want to get that just into perspective so you don't lose touch with the with the sense of the space <laughs> and at a certain point there's a cutout point we think no I've got any more I just I just lose it uh, any more fascination any more excitement any more information I'm just losing losing ground with the, the real hereness and the openness and this which is the most important thing so that filtering process I would suggest is necessary for everyone I mean this is basically what monasteries are about in many ways you just limit, 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 limit but still within this you can still there's tons of stuff you can conjure up and do and as you know just, just don't need to know don't need to right now and the Buddha himself said that you know one of the answers to his questions one of the answers he gave to the questions was this question is not worth pursuing it doesn't go to Nibbana I'm not going to even bother to deal with it just just kick it into tuck kick it in the long grass you could say no it's not even worth answering because it doesn't go anywhere useful so that's one of the ways in which he would uh, respond to questions recognising you need to just 
know what is worth giving attention to and what is not worth giving attention to. And that's what this all this comes under the term Yoniso Munisikara is the term for that. It means attending appropriate or deep attention or wise attention that is you something selects. What is the meaning really meaningful bit in all this? That's the bit. Not this bit. And it's going to take me into some places which are pertinent for my freedom or development. Otherwise, you know, we are often encouraged to remember our time is relatively short compared with how long the mind can go on for. <laughs> so what struck you about the pilgrimage book books? Do you think they were funny, earthy, insightful? I especially like the fact that when you read a, a book about a life, usually there's a storyline to it. Like there's a, there's a discernible story with characters. And I liked that it was like um, how to live a life like with the constant letting go of a feeling of character. Mm-hmm. At the same time recognizing like in like unique characteristics of individuals. I thought that was great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because like in most, most books about Dhamma that you read are not bringing in Mm, too much personality uh-huh, uh-huh. but it exists yeah, yeah. so I thought that, that was a very valuable contribution mm. yeah yeah stuff that gets under the skin have you stayed in a monastery before? not for this long huh? not for this long I think something will get you Something will get under your skin. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think my problem right now is I'm just too happy. So. <laughs> Let's see what we can do about that. <laughs> <laughs> Take about three minutes. Check in. No, it's great if you're happy for a while. <laughs> when we were um, when we were coming back from the tree night, I was asking you about the khandas and you were talking about how sort of sense consciousness is guiding the movement of the mind. I, could, I couldn't quite understand like you know, through the khandas and sense consciousness was sort of the the leader in a way, something like that. It was so it was like. Uh, between activation and mental formations, since consciousness is really guiding that whole process of the consciousness we're moving through. Mm. I wonder if you could kind of flesh that out a bit. <laughs> well, sankara, activations, formations, mental formations, karma, karmic tendencies, volitional tendencies, mm. all these are the come under that word that's the impulse 
where does it come from? comes from, born from something triggers it call this, that triggers it is perception perception and feeling something strikes us we get so it's born from perception and, and feeling right? is that clear enough? unless you have perception and feeling you don't have contact it's only when something touches you get perception and feeling then there's some triggering sankara could be various kinds mm. Mm. you might have an ethical inclination to it sankara based upon compassion or generosity forgiveness or it could be ethically unskillful vengefulness hoarding spite mm. could be relatively eth- ethically, ethically neutral you know such as just move my leg because it hurts <laughs> you know uh, so that will then that sankara then triggers a particular act of consciousness so the word consciousness itself is rather problematic because for the western person consciousness generally seems to imply the state of being conscious as a as a kind of a uh, a constant quality I am conscious, I have consciousness yeah. but in the Buddha's understanding consciousness is, is momentary which is there's a visual consciousness there's auditory consciousness tactile consciousness there's taste consciousness and there's mind consciousness and mind consciousness will generally synthesize something from the sight field field of visual consciousness and tactile consciousness put them together oh there's the flask so then so that's how then the consciousness presents that object then becomes the object of my attention what I've been motivated towards say I feel you know, thirst, I'm looking out where can I get my thirst quenched and that is the trick, that's the intention that's the sankara so consciousness Looks ah perception looks like fluid, right? Get in there. So how did that cup suddenly become so prominent for me in my field of awareness? Because my consciousness was being motivated by a sankara, you know, which is seeking something to drink. So in all this field of where I could be remembering my aunt's name figuring out what I would do tomorrow, having an opinion about this monk, or studying the carpet. It could be just about anything, but that cup jumped in. <laughs> why did that become, why did I become conscious of that? Because the Sankara was seeking. So in other words, the consciousness, the act of consciousness, is generated by, or programmed by the Sankara decides clearly visual consciousness doesn't come from a mental action but the particular specific thing I focus my eyes on is going to be triggered by the the sankara yeah so it's a seeking seeking taste seeking comfortable seeking comfortable or seeking to you know be seen in a certain way or seeking not to be seen in a certain way or feeling nervous, therefore wanting to look something, you know, 
these things could be stirring away and then out of that sankara then our consciousness or the particular consciousness arises that tries to fulfill what that sankara is seeking so therefore we become conscious of right so and then it gets complicated because what we become conscious of is within the field of my consciousness is then well this is the nearest thing going to what I want so I'll get that yeah. of course it isn't always right <laughs> you know uh, but the, the perception oh this is I want that to be so I'll do this as that that fits fits what I'm looking for fits what I'm looking for the perception arises take that in it's not always correct is it? So then, kind of, then you get this sense of, you know, that's rough. Trying to make it right because I desperately want it to be right. This becomes extremely evident in human interactions. Right? You know, human people, human beings are very significant features in each other's lives. So I really want someone to be something. He might do. <laughs> Sort of roughly fits the bill, so I take that and I've got a perception of this person. And then oh, I can carry that around and he doesn't look, oh no, no, maybe I've got no, I, I really want this to happen, so I keep holding this perception, even though this person is not living up to it. <laughs> I carry that around to the rest of it. No. You let me down. <laughs> you did because you didn't match what I was seeking. Was it his fault? Was it the fact that my perception was already based upon a, uh, just a, a kind of appropriation, not an accurate, you know, not a free, open inquiry into well, what do I really need or want or seek? And is this, uh, can I expect that from this person anyway? I seek, say, friendliness or intelligence or so and so. What is it? certain qualities I'm looking for. So then, you know, the more we understand what our sankharas are doing, uh, then you start to get through the, the fantasy projections and the disappointments. So it's how sankhara will tend to trigger certain acts of consciousness that try to match what the sankhara the quality of the sankara. So if it's a fearful sankara, well, she looks pretty threatening to me. <laughs> Sorry. You know, we'll seek something that fits that bill. Even if it's unpleasant, you know. He looks a pretty threatening person to me. You know, look at those bristling eyebrows or that poor guy who's just sitting there. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know. My sankara seeks confirmation, you know, and, and, uh, and therefore it sort of conjures or gets conscious to seek something that will confirm it. Yeah, so it seeks something to confirm it, and it forms a perception. You know, so the perception comes in, which is really, again, got some potential truth in it, some degree of truth in it, but it's often mingled with my own miss not clearly understood projections impressions 
fears, phobias, desires, blind spots. And then I'm, that's what I'm left with. So for, you know, in liberation, we're really looking at all those processes or anything you can, you know? And the most important one is, is sankara, because that's the thing that's dynamic and it's possible to check it. And at least not just shooting out blindly. Check out, is this thing actually something that, if I pause and look at it, is this really... This is, this is really rather sad, isn't it? Or desperate, or frantic, or blaming, or accusing. I just let that one. So I don't have to seek something to, to, to for, I'm not seeking a target for that arrow to hit. And the arrow can then just, oh, okay. What's really needed isn't gonna come, isn't gonna come through you know, something where whatever shot the arrow I realise there's something missing here and can I then what's really needed here I'm steadying reassurance grounding kindness oh yeah so you know you can re- Orient what the sankharas are doing. Uh, because this is all karma, and comes under the general heading of karma, in that there are certain you know perceptions and impressions that are have been generated in our lives. It's impressions of what is tasty or trustworthy or reliable or attractive or important or and so forth or unacceptable those perceptions have been established either through one's own inclination or often through the inclinations of others you've been programmed by the media by your parents by your gang by your society by your school friends to program into this is what's really helpful or wonderful or everybody wants or it's really the best thing to do you've got all those perceptions get loaded and they're questionable but that's all you've got you got that. And then all your sankharas are coming from that. How can I be? How can I find the thing that will, you know, this is supposed to, this is the experience of feeling wonderful and happy and comfortable and right. There's that perception now. Is it working? <laughs> Something wrong with me? No, nothing wrong with you. <laughs> wrong message. <laughs> the perception was wrong. <laughs> You know, you're barking up the wrong tree. You understand? Yeah, I misunderstood. So those are the candors, aren't they? Feeling, perception, sankara, consciousness. No. Does that complicate matters, or does it? No, it clarifies more. I, I misunderstood you. <laughs> so just to bear in mind, I think. Well, you know, the, the consciousness it's, is. Um, seen not as um, you know a lasting medium which we might in the English word conscious means just means I'm not asleep or I'm not dead I have consciousness where in, in the Buddha's articulation consciousness is, is a, a process of 
some the sense space opens and something comes in, something is apprehended. The sense door opens, there's contact. Sense door opens, something comes in. That's that activity of presenting something is called consciousness. So there isn't some kind of overarching medium that uh, is eternal. Or because then you get uh, if it was that case, then you'd have selfhood, and you'd have uh, something constant and something that could be satisfied. So, yeah, you'd have somewhere or another you'd have a, an eternal self or soul. And so clearly, in the Buddha's understanding, there isn't that. There's just that consciousness, or there's the stopping of consciousness. Yeah, or the, the the inclination of consciousness towards more skillful, helpful planes or stations of consciousness. Your consciousness is constantly attuned to the good, the wise, the beautiful, the truthful, rather than the grabbable or the instantaneous or the immediate hit or the easy way out. You know, your sankharas are constantly projecting your consciousness to seek in all this, where is the good, the true, the beautiful? Yeah, that's the first. We might say one of the aims we can all at least incline towards in our daily lives. But then, more refined sense within that is where does this consciousness cease? You know, presenting things. And that, of course, is what uh, meditation's about. Because whatever is, uh, I think, is, and again, it's not something you can kind of make happen. But I, over a process of time, it's called nibbita, which means you you begin to get it that whatever arises passes. So, what's all this running out about? <laughs> Run out another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? At least as an idea. And you do see that not in in, um, in graduated ways. It's, it's something that your mind just doesn't doesn't go out to. Just doesn't doesn't go there. It's gone. Stopped. Doesn't present that. Yeah. And uh, doesn't, or it just doesn't run out to the same de- same sense as it. It didn't even know how to not run out before. It was only running out <laughs> until you begin to get that sense in through meditation or whatever that means, but through practice of some kind of quality of presence and hearness and awareness, which. There isn't that running out. Sankaras and Sankaras are stilled. This is sublime, this is peaceful, the stilling of Sankaras, the relinquishment of acquisitions, which means all these established perceptual triggers, relinquishment of that, dispassion, cessation, nibbana. And then all that stops as it were. Mm.